careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Here we go again. More opportunities to learn about your favorite musicians and the stories behind their biggest songs. In a few minutes, you'll hear Paul Young shed some light on his song Every Time You Go Away and how it was originally meant for a TV show. Musicians write library music. They make a little recording. They store it uh, with like a pub publishing company, hoping that maybe someone will pick it up for the theme of a TV show. The whole story coming up shortly. We kick this episode off with a couple of really great humans, Sam Reed and Alan Frew of Glass Tiger. Here's the guys on the song, the writing process, and having a few beers with Brian Adams to pitch him on being part of the song. First thing that comes to mind for me with this is we wrote this song and Someday. Yeah, same on day. The very first day we ever worked with Jim Barnes. Within 40 minutes of meeting Jim. Yeah. Took us to the house, asked us what, what we, well, he picked us up at the airport and he said, what are you guys listening to these days? Yeah. And we told him Tears for Fears yeah. was one of them. That's how we get the shuffle. But we were actually thinking, uh, shout, shout yeah. or and everybody wants to rule the world. And he put everybody wants to rule the world, and he went ah shuffle. Shuffle, yeah. <laughs> and I remember him saying, going, hey, we haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah. It's like it's like it's time for another shuffle. Right. And so it's like he went down his checklist. And uh, you've got, and I think you put it on the greatest hits package. You've got some original writing. One of the things that Jim did, uh, it was cassette tape back in the day, but uh, when you're sitting in a writing situation, in the background you just have a live mic in the room, and that was normal to the cassette deck so that it would just capture everything that's going on. It wasn't anything more than sometimes you'd be writing a song and then you'd take a left turn, and an hour later you'd go, you know, what we were doing an hour ago was way cooler. So then you'd be able to go back to the cassette tape hit rewind, go an hour ago we were doing this and we were we were grooving on it, now we've lost the plot. So Jim used to just capture the whole day and we would just put another blank in, another blank in. So at the end of the session, me being the pack rat, I put them all in my pocket, of course, and then transferred them all. So you hear the actual writing um, as it happened in, in real time. I've condensed it, so to like two minutes. People have asked me, did I know it was a hit? And of course, you're never really sure what a hit is, but I always remember a, a listening session, Derek Sutton was with us, and we were in the studio in Vancouver. I think it was just you and I representing the band. But we, we did a playback, and I heard the, the harmony that I did that sounded very much like the Everly Brothers. I remember that, yeah. And that was the moment when I went... Mm, Derek reacted to that. Yeah, something yeah. that. Yeah, that's the high harmony on it. Uh, that Everly Brothers thing for me just sort of said, this, this is yeah. special. I remember turning to Valance because you know we have had no concept of first album, never don't I don't know what a hit is, and and watching Jim's face because he's had all these mega hits, and I remember trying to read his face whether it was good or not, and I'm, I remember sitting in the car driving across, I think it was Langate, and he's like snapping his fingers as he's driving, and I said, Jim, uh, is it good? He goes, Yeah, it's good. Everybody yeah. always wants to make a big deal out of Brian Adams singing on it, thinking it was some big industry thing. Yeah. When it was actually just a couple of drunk guys over Heineken's, <laughs> right? Brian, Brian was kept for, tabs for the on. Or something, right? Yeah, he kept tabs on Jim. What was going on? How are you doing? And he showed up at the studio that night because he was in for the Junos, and 
Jim, Jim maybe contrived it, I don't know, but yeah. Ryan and I scudded about four or five Heinekens, probably you, and uh, and then Jim just quietly said, why don't you guys go and sing a couple of songs together? Right. Of course, that loosened Brian up, and I was like, yeah, come on, and, yeah. and we just there kind of did that. There you go, yeah. That was it. Yeah. And you know, the young, the young boy from Newmarket that played him in the video, uh, he got laid because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he was a man by the time. <laughs> no, but I met him years ago. Like he's all growing up in that, right? <laughs> he's like famous over that, right? Because he sang the Brian Adams part. Oh, I, I'll say we were into that visual. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, I I think we were all disappointed it never went to number one in America because we know yeah. it should have and we know the reasons why it didn't. But uh, just a Bob Left sets called it a classic. Yeah, that was we use that nice, nice compliment from him. Thanks, Bob. Great guys, Glass Tiger on behind the vinyl of the podcast. We appreciate you joining us. I'm Stu Jeffries, your host. Still to come, Paul Young on Every Time You Go Away. Just ahead of that is Sean Mark of the Box, who I kid you not, recorded this episode while wearing green Wellington rubber boots. Here's Sean Mark with Closer Together. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, oh. Actually, that song was a commission. It's the society uh, to fight leukemia uh, that I had um, uh, spoken to us, and they wanted a song uh, to uh, add as a soundtrack to a video that they would shoot with the Montreal Canadiens and us in 1986 when the Canadians had won the Stanley Cup. And they came up with the idea of working together uh, in order to fight this thing that was uh, leukemia, especially with children. So they needed the team spirit type of thing. And so we came up with the idea of closer together, you know, as in let's get closer together to make this thing work. And uh, of course, me being the hooker <laughs> that I am, <laughs> Uh, I needed a big hook at the beginning of the song to make sure that people would identify right away and that our home business came about this way. The funny part is we ended up in the Montreal Forum with the Montreal Canadiens uh, playing a fake hockey game. And for a Canadian, I'm ashamed to say I had never been on a pair of skates in my life before. Never played hockey. Yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding. Never been on a snowmobile. And uh, here I was in the full outfit of Patrick Roy, number 33, that goaltender who ended up with the, uh, uh, the, the, the Avalanche, I think it is, in Colorado or something like that, winning Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. Anyway, and so we were all together with these guys, uh, interacting and playing this fake hockey game with kids, sick kids from the, from the hospital who joined in. And here I was as a goaltender, just letting every puck go through. And then when time came to shoot that video, as you may remember, it's very sunny and we're out there in the sun. Uh, well, actually, this was February and we couldn't absolutely not shoot this thing in Montreal in the snowbanks and everything. So we took the whole band down to uh, the Dominican Republic to shoot the video. And the woman singing here, and I, I'm saying this because I get this all the time, is not Sass Jordan. She's in the video, but she's not actually the one singing this. It's Martine Sinclair, uh, a prominent uh, 
a French singer of that time that, that does that vocal track. And she didn't want to come with us in the Dominican Republic. She thought it was a little threatening to end up with 18 horny guys on a sandy beach down south. And she passed. But Sass didn't. <laughs> She's a trooper. And she was, uh, you know, our backup singer for five years, I think, even more than that. And she did a wonderful job, uh, at least being in the video. So yeah, there you have it. L'esprit d'équipe was the thing. It was French. And uh, closer together. And then eventually, there's not a single political party in Canada and didn't want to have that song to uh, promote their political campaign. And we always said no. For two reasons. One, we don't do politics. And secondly, it was for a good cause. Sick kids suffering from cancer. So politics needed to be out of the picture. Don't give up. That was Jean Marc of the Box with Closer Together on Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Guy was a serious heartthrob in the 80s, and he's like a fine wine, aged very well. Singer-songwriter Paul Young is finally up to provide some details about how his famous ballad, Every Time You Go Away, came to be. It opens up with an aeroplane taking off. Uh, I think that came about, that's not on the single, but when we recorded the 12-inch version, Laurie would used to leave Laurie alone in the studio, Laurie Latham, just to uh, do whatever he wanted with them. We might pop in from time to time. And uh, so then what would happen is sometimes the sound of the 12-inch mix would be better than the sound of the single. And uh, so we sometimes did a kind of a half-and-half half mix that was half uh, from the 12-inch mix and half the real arrangement of the song. So that's what you find at the beginning of the album version here. Now, um, you've got Pino, of course, the very famous bass player who constantly comes up with amazing lines, who's played with the world and his wife since he stopped playing with me. Uh, he's possibly out with D'Angelo at the moment. And uh, now we're coming to the opening line of the song. And uh, this little line that you're hearing, coming in now. He's played on a sitar guitar. Now there's only about 12 of those, that uh, 12 hit records or so, or top 10 records that have ever had that guitar on it. Uh, like, um, uh, now that you've gone, or A Band of Gold by Frida Payne, and uh, the stylistics, uh, Cry Like a Baby by The Four Tops, uh, 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 The Box Tops, The Box Tops. And um, so when we made the record, we were underway and um, my keyboard player, Ian, has got, um, he used to write library music at home. So musicians write library music, they make a little recording, they store it. Uh, with like a pub publishing company hoping that maybe someone will pick it up for the theme of a TV show. So Ian said to me, I'm going to give you my doctor's theme. And uh, and, uh, and so he played it on the, the guitar, the da 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 And when you hear that, to me, it does sound like it's the opening of a doctor's series. Um, so he gave me that free of charge and I added the little cascade at the end. So I remember doing that. Um, I'll copy a little listen again now. I believe we've got... Here we come. That's the second verse. Um, so when I did the vocals on these tracks, generally um, I would... We would lay down a basic drum pattern and a keyboard part. Then I would go and sing the vocal. 
and then we would start to lay the other parts down, put a bass on, add some keyboard little patterns like the piano, da 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 da, and those things. Um, then as more things got added, uh, I would go, I'd like to go in and do the vocal again now because there's parts that I can bounce off when I sing the lead vocal. So then I'd go in and do it again. It, it's very rare actually, there's been a couple of songs I've done where the guide vocal became the lead vocal. But with this one, every time a part got added, I thought, oh, that shifted the kind of the feel of the song. So then I'd go back and do the vocal again. It happened quite a lot on this song because there's so many little parts. And um, what we're just coming up to now is um, the, the guitar solo in the middle. And uh, I always fancy, I love the sound of a nylon string guitar. So I, I got my wish twice on here. One was to have a sitar, um, which I'd always wanted to have a hit record that had a sitar. And um, I also really love to have a nylon string and, and it really suited this song. So we did not only that, but Johnny Turnbull, who played the guitar part, played like a very memorable solo. It's one of those solos you can almost sing because it's got its own little melody. If you can get that, you've really come up trumps. And I think all these things add up to the fact that eventually it became a number one single. Now we're at the end, and uh, oh yeah, the other thing about this album was on my first album I had all girl vocals, I had the Wealthy Tarts. Now they wanted to go and do a solo deal uh, and do their own thing. So I thought that was a great idea, but then they said, but we won't be singing with you anymore. And I said, well, you should do both because you'll still be traveling around the world. People will see you with me. They'll go, oh, it's those girls. But they didn't, they wanted to make a clean break. So we just started on this album and we got them on a couple of tracks. But then I thought, well, on this one, it might be nice to actually change it. If we're gonna change, let's change completely. Don't try and find two new girls. Let's go for male voices, go for a complete change. And so that's what we did on this record. And then once again, I talked these guys into touring with me. They were going, no, we're done with touring. We're too old for that. I said, no, you haven't toured with us. And sure enough, they said afterwards it, best, it was the best tour that they ever did. Um, and that's, the, that's it, really. We're at the end of the record. So I hope you enjoyed me talking you through the record. That was Paul Young wrapping up this episode of BTV, the podcast. I'm Stu Jeffries, and thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this one, chances are good you'll enjoy some others. Please check them out when you get a chance, okay? We'll catch up again shortly. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Dan McIntosh, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening. <laughs>